bow our heads even as we pray. Amen. Gracious Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you. We bless you for the privilege of gathering us here this morning. We acknowledge you as the source of our lives, the anchor of our being, the reason for our existence. Without you, there is no us, O oh God in heaven. You are the essence of our life. The Bible said that you breathed into man and man became a living being. Father, for this breath of life, here we are just to say thank you. Ancient of days, O oh God in heaven, as students, as children who are hungry to be fed, we are here before you asking that, Lord, you would feed us, O oh God. Sweet Holy Spirit, minister your life and truth to our hearts and may we be transformed. And let the name of the Lord be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, I yield myself as a vessel asking that, Lord, you will speak through me. That let the people be blessed because I came, O oh God, in heaven. And let the name of the Lord be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Almighty God in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Quickly, let's open our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Um, we'll be reading two portions of scripture, but again, I believe it's one that is relevant to why we are here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 19 from verses 11 to 27. Perhaps you don't have your Bible with you or you don't have a Bible at all. Um, kindly indulge me. The scriptures are made legible on the screen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so let's read one to go. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do, not want to, we, don't, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. Hallelujah. Then the first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, Well done, the king exclaimed, You good servant, you have been faithful with the little I entrusted you, so you will be the governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said, and you will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you did not plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. You own, your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. Hallelujah. Take it to the one 
from the servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But the master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well, praise the name of the Lord. Perhaps you have your Bible and the text, you could highlight that. It says, yes, the king replied, and to those who use well, what they are giving, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even the little that they have will be taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'll read the text that we have all been digging deep all throughout this month. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. Paul was saying and he says, But the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace towards me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For the sake of those who are writing, the title of my sermon this morning is Maximizing the Grace of God, Part 2. Praise the name of the Lord. Maximizing the Grace of God, Part 2. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, when we use the term to maximize, that simply means that what you want to create an increase. Hallelujah. You want to enlarge the portion of something. And one of the images that came to my mind was trying to increase the volume. Because the truth is perhaps you're not getting enough or perhaps you need more. And what then you need to do is to increase the volume. And so for the sake of recap, to bring everyone up, up to speed on what we've been looking through all throughout this month. As we started this um, teaching series by saying that you cannot discuss the subject of fulfilling destiny without you looking at the context of the grace of God upon the life of a man. And the reason why is simply because... When we are judged as Christians, we believe that after all our time is spent here on earth, everybody must give an account of themselves, whether you like it or not, because the truth is what? Every creation must report to the creator on what was done. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll give a good example. As I'm using this microphone here, this microphone is giving a report to whoever created it that is functioning according to design. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so in the same context, you and I, whether you believe God or not, at some point in time, if you and I believe that we were made, we were created by someone, we were created by God, at some point in time, in the history of time, you and I will be assessed based on how we lived our life here on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. But you see, this assessment is not just based on what we did. This assessment is primarily based on what was given. Praise the name of the Lord. Because many a times we judge the life of someone based on how grand or how remarkable what they have done with their life. But the reality of it is this. The proof of how well something has been used is based on the capacity that was given initially. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we said here that the grace of God by popular definition is that grace is when God gives us things that we don't deserve. Praise the name of the Lord. Grace is when God gives you and I the things that we don't deserve. And so for that reason, we acknowledge that grace is an unmerited favor. In other words, I did nothing to deserve it, but yet I've got it. Praise the name of the Lord. I did nothing to deserve it, but yet I've got it. Grace is a proof of the love of God towards creation. 
praise the name of the Lord. And someone said that grace also simply be meaning that what? It is God being involved in my race called life. Praise the name of the Lord. Or perhaps to make it simple, grace is the God factor in the life of any human being. Because whether you like it or not, there are certain things that you cannot explain through science. Praise the name of the Lord. Your intellect would fail you in trying to justify why certain things happen at certain times. But it's a proof of God being involved in the life of any man. I said here that grace is the unseen hand of God in the life of an individual enabling them. That's the key thing here. That is the unseen hand of God in the life of any man or woman enabling them to accomplish the things that God has destined for them to accomplish from the beginning so therefore grace is the enablement of God to an individual to accomplish unusual feats whenever you see somebody who is a Christian or a believer who is doing something remarkable and yet just like Paul they are saying that I am what I am only but what by the grace of God because I know what I'm able to do but when I judge my input versus my output I can only say that what it can only be by the grace of God. Hallelujah. And so we went on to look at the facts about grace. In other words, what is the nature of God's grace? And we said that number one is that grace is a currency. Praise the name of the Lord. Grace is what a currency. In other words, it is to be utilized. It is to be involved in our daily lives. And I said that grace, it is spent in the journey of life as we do God's bidding. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, And God has given us our of his fullness. You and I have received what? Grace upon grace. In other words, the more we use the grace of God, the more grace is added unto us in this venture called life. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And I also said that what grace is an amplifier. Grace is an amplifier. And, 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 and an amplifier, in simple terms, is trying to make big what has been done already. And, you know, I gave the example of a song that says that God always makes the little things that I do seem like big things. You do something that ordinarily is so simple, but people are saying, oh, wow. I mean, I could never have done this even if I tried. But again, it is all what? By the grace of God. And last week, you know, Dr. Shola was teaching, and he said that grace is activated when the purpose is known. Praise the name of the Lord. In other words, you activate or you stir up the grace of God upon your life the moment you identify your why for being here. The truth is that what every single one of us, there's a reason why you are here. Because the truth is, everything has a single purpose to accomplish. The chair you're sitting on is to ensure that you don't lose your spine. Because the truth is, if you stand for so long, at some point in time, your spine will be affected. And so the essence of a chair is to provide comfort when we are tired. Praise the name of the Lord. This microphone, like I said earlier on, is to amplify my voice so I don't have to strain my voice and lose my voice. Praise God. Are we together? And so you understand that grace is activated the moment I know the reason why I'm here. At some point in time, you would have questioned yourself, but God, why did you create me? Because the reality of it is when purpose is not known, you have no choice but to be frustrated. That's one of the reasons why people face depression. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not downplaying those who are depressed. No, I'm not. But all I'm trying to say is that one of the reasons why many people are depressed is because they have no attachment of meaning to life. 
Because when there is a meaning to your life, then you understand what you need to do. And so as we advance in the purposes of God, the grace that is upon our lives are multiplied. Praise the name of the Lord. Because the essence of grace is to lighten the load of life. It is dangerous to, or to venture into life without God. Praise the name of the Lord. It is dangerous for you and I to venture into this thing called life without a backing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so then, how then do we maximize the grace of God? How then do we maximize the grace of God? In order for me to continue this conversation, I must create one note. It's the fact that one of the attributes of God is that God is very progressive. Praise the name of the Lord. God is a very, very progressive God. God, all through scriptures, the Bible will tell us in the book of Exodus 17, God was telling Moses, why are the people crying before me? Tell them to do what? Move forward. When God told Lot to leave the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, what did he tell them? Don't look back. You must be what? Forward thinking. And so the Bible said that the part of the just man is like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter onto a more perfect day. And so for this reason, you must understand that in the dealings of God, God's intention for you is to keep doing what? Moving forward. Stagnation is against the design of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Because if you look at time, time is what? Progressive. Time is never stagnant. And so human beings must at no point in time be stagnant. And so God is a very what, progressive God. But the reality of it is that what his demand on you and I, if he's a very progressive God, is that what you and I must grow. Praise God. If a baby remains one year old for so long, it becomes a what? An abnormality. Praise God. It is not being true to type. It's against the design of human nature. Praise God. And I said that growth is a proof that what you and I have life. The Bible says, as young babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what grow thereby. The essence of us being in partnership with God is that what God desires for you and I to grow. And so if this be the case, the same principle applies to the subject of grace. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why you will hear certain conversations to say that what? Grow in the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Grow in the grace of the Lord. Grow. Grace is not supposed to be stagnant. Praise God. And the reason why is that, like I said two Sundays ago, that one of the natures of grace is that what? Grace is a gift. Praise the name of the Lord. Remember we said that grace is what? Something I got from God, not because I did anything. Grace is a gift. And unlike man, although these gifts are free, praise God, although this gift is free, it's my responsibility and your responsibility as a proof that we value the gift given, that we grow in this grace. Praise God. One of the things that I said earlier on is that grace is very expensive. And I gave the example of a Range Rover. You know, if, for instance, I think a 2021 or 2022 Range Rover full option should be looking about 75 to 90,000 pounds. Now, that's very expensive for a car. 
I bought that car and I gave it to somebody here that, you know, the Lord said I should give this car to somebody and I want to be benevolent. So I gave you the car keys. But you see, because it costs you nothing, there is a chance that you won't look after it. Praise the name of the Lord. There is a high chance that you won't look after it. Because the truth is that well, because it costs you nothing, you attach no value to what was given. And so when you understand the nature of the grace of God, grace is simply that God so loved you and I that on our own account, we could do nothing to qualify God's presence. And so in the light of that, he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. And so for that reason, grace was purchased by the blood of Jesus. But yet, as free as this gift is, what? It is precious. And so for that reason, you must understand again that it's as a proof of value, as a proof that I understand what God has done for me, I must ensure that I make this grace to grow. Praise the name of the Lord. I must make deliberate efforts to ensure that what this grace of God upon my life grows. This is why Paul said that what the grace of God that is upon me was not in vain. There's a reason why you and I have received grace for grace. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so then, how then do we grow in this grace? How do we maximize the grace of God? Because if we're saying that grace is God's enablement for me to do what he has called me to do, then the question would be that what I need to grow in this grace. And let me give you an example. When a child is growing, as a child, they cannot carry something maybe, I think the most a child can lift, if that makes sense, is maybe 10 kilos. So if I was to put a, a dumbbell here, even at 10 kilos, a child of five-year-old, except you have supernatural strength, the most you can lift maybe is 10 kilos and you'll be struggling. Why? It's because at that level or at that age, there is a certain degree of strength that has been allotted to you. But you see, as you grow, your capacity to lift greater weights begin to increase. Praise God. And so for us as Christians, or for us as human beings, you understand that the grace that I was walking in yesterday would not be sufficient for where I'm going to tomorrow. And this is why God said in the scriptures that of his fullness, you and I have received what? Grace for grace. Hallelujah. And so how do we maximize the grace of God? Number one is knowledge. And you see, when I mean knowledge, I don't mean physics, chemistry, and biology. Praise the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 3, it says what? For grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of what? God and of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. In other words, to simply put it here, it simply says, the more of God you know, the more of grace you possess. Hallelujah. So the less of God you know, the less of grace you walk in. And so you understand that the degree of my knowledge of God is the determinant to what the excellent of the grace of God that I walk in. But guess what? Knowing God is not a day's job. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Knowing God is not what? A day's job. Because why? To know God must cost you something. Praise the name of the Lord. To know God must cost you something. The Bible says that what God had an encounter with Abraham for the very first time. And God said to Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. And he said, you know what? Walk with me and I will make you a great nation. God wants to make anybody, so long as you're willing to cooperate with his terms. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know of anybody, even if you're the most ambitionless human being. Praise God. At least there is something you want to accomplish. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so God was saying to Abraham, but the condition for me to make you a great nation is that what? You must do what? Know me. And he says, get thee out of thy country, into the land that I will show you, because it's only then that I will make you great. And so you understand that as Christians, we are so ambitious for God's blessings. But you see, the blessings of God can only come by what? Through knowledge. Because the scripture says here in the verse 3, it says, for as his divine power has given us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness but what through what the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue he has given to us all things everything you need is captured in god praise the name of the lord that is why for someone who understands this reality will say take everything but give me jesus because I know that in him all things consist. Everything that I will need, my peace of mind, my health, my wealth, my sustainability, my future, all that concerns to my life is captured in the person of Christ. And so for that reason, you understand that what? One of the things that if you are going to grow in the grace of God, then you must begin to seek the Lord like as if you're seeking the bread that you, that you breathe. That is why the psalmist will say that what as the deer pants after the water brooks so does my soul panted hard after thee because i know that if i can access god that will make you understand why paul was saying that what that i may know him and the power of his resurrection because you see the life or the christian life is a life of victory the Christian life is a life of victory. And when I mean victory, I mean all-round victory. Because if you're losing in one area and succeeding in the other, that's not the proof. Is that what? I've given you what? Victory all-round. All-round. The, the Christian life is a life of victory. But for us to walk in this victory, there is a price you must pay. And so for you that is here this afternoon, I'm asking you, what price are you willing to pay to know this God? Because you see, the truth is that what? If it's worth something to you, you'll be willing to pay the price. And like I said earlier on, knowing God doesn't come cheap. Ask those who have gone before us. Knowing God does not come cheap. As a matter of fact, you know, for those of us who are single here, whether lady or whether you're a gentleman, you see, the truth is, if you want to get to know somebody, there must be some level of time and investment that you must make to know the person. You don't know people casually. You must be deliberate because why? You know the potential or the gain that you would have if that thing clicks. 
praise God. So, for example, a, a gent will see a beautiful lady, a godly lady, and he's saying, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to know this lady. And so for that reason, you'll be losing sleep. You know, you know, Lord, you know, touch her heart for me. You know, I just love her so much. Or perhaps you start investing in taking time to enter her DM, you know, hello, good morning. You know, I was talking to one gentleman within the week and he was telling me, oh, he found his wife on Instagram. And I said, so how did it happen? You know, and she said she has so many followers. But I just, for some reason, every single day, I made it a point of duty. You know, I'll say, hello, darling, hello, sunshine. And she'll never even look at it. I'll delete the message and I'll send it again until the day it happened that was she opened and responded and that was how it started all i'm trying to highlight is that what it took time praise god it took time and so the reality of trying to say i know god today and next thing tomorrow everything becomes all rosy that's not how the christian life is knowing god what takes time praise the name of the lord hallelujah knowing god takes time number two if you and I are to grow in the grace of God, many at times we don't say this because we like to spiritualize so many things and leave the physical things to God. But you see, someone said that any faith that makes God absolutely responsible for the outcome of your life is an irresponsible faith. Because the truth is that what, as much as God has a part to play, you also have a part to play. This is why the Bible will say what, as co-laborers, as co-workers. In other words, we work in a department. As much as I invest my time and energy, I expect the same from you if we're going to achieve the desired outcome. Praise God. I know for many of us who are students here, you have had certain people who are in your groups. You're the one or the brain behind the group, but yet when they give the mark, they get the same mark. That's not how it works with God. Praise God. So you must understand that you have a role to play. And the second thing about maximizing the grace of God is that what you and I must be what? A people of skill. Remember I said that the grace of God is the enablement of God to do unremarkable things that people have not heard of. And yet you are asking, how did it happen? He said that what? I am what I am, but by the grace of God. Now let's look at the life of a young boy called David. The Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel 16 from verse 15 to 17, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is what? A skillful player of the harp. And it shall be that he would play it with his hands, and when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, you shall be well. And so, verse 17, Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can do what? Play well and bring him to me. Praise God. The Bible says that what you and I will stand before kings, and I will say, everybody here will say amen. But you see, the criteria for you to stand before the great is that you must be skillful. Praise the Lord. Indolence can never bring you before greatness. Praise the name of the Lord. Whether you are a believer or not, the price or the criteria to stand before great men is that what? You must be a person of skill. And so when you are skillful, grace enhances that skill. Because it makes the little things that you do seem like big things. And so in this case, 
David was a shepherd boy, but a king was in need of a solution. Many a times, if I was to ask us to list the number of problems you can see around you, I'm sure even, the, even an A4 paper would not be enough. Praise God. Because as human beings, we are quick at pointing at problems. But guess what? If you're skillful in solving one of those problems, you will change your level. Because you see, a man of God said that what? Everything you are looking for is looking for you. Praise God. Everything you are looking for is also what? Looking for you. But the problem is, it's not this version of you. It's not this version of you. Because this is why you and I must grow. Because there are certain things. A good example again is my son or my children. I desire for them to have the best of life. And so my job as a father is to ensure that what I provide the means for them. Now, I know that at some point in the future, should technology choose not to advance, at some point in time, you will need a car. Praise the Lord. And so it is fair for me to say that at some point, you will need a car. But you see, the car that he will need is not for this version of him. He has to grow. He has to be an adult. Because only then are you able to get a license to drive. The same thing applies to the things of God. God is a good father. God is a good what? Father. Everything you need, God knew that you needed them even before you asked. But you see, the reason why you and I don't have it is because what? We have not yet assumed the version that deserves what God is giving. This is why grace is given that what the more we expand the grace of God, the more you and I are advancing. He says of his fullness, God has given us what? Grace for grace. David was a shepherd boy, but David was born to be a king. Praise the Lord. The anointing for kingship was already in his life seeking an expression. But you see, it took a challenge for him to come into manifestation. Now, the point is that all the challenges that are before you and I, just what if? What if God is saying, just solve one of these challenges and I'll make the best out of you? The same thing happened to Joseph. Joseph was telling the butler that when you get to the throne, please don't forget me. But you see, David understood how to interpret dreams. Every problem that's around you, are God's stepping stone to your next level. But you see, until you develop skill in solving those problems, because the truth is that what? The rich also cry. The rich do what? Also cry. Great men have pains. And if you are able to alleviate that pain, that's what ushers you and I into greatness. Praise God. And so when we are looking at the grace to do exploits, then you begin to understand what God is expecting of you and I. Praise the name of the Lord. The number three thing that I was going to share, I didn't even have it in my slides, is that what it must come in service. I didn't even have it here, but I just had it impressed in my heart to, to share it. The number three thing to maximize the grace of God is that what? Service. And what do I mean by service? Everything you are looking for, somebody is already is. Praise the Lord. Every version you are looking for, there is a template to what you want to become. There is a template. The Bible said that there is nothing new under the soft of the sun. And so everything you want to become, somebody is working in it already. 
But you see, you must be willing to serve that grace for you to partake of that grace. That is why Paul will say, ye all are what? Partakers of my grace. Because you see, any grace you don't serve, you don't deserve. Praise the name of the Lord. Elijah and Elisha were walking in the same dimension. The sons of the prophets were all mocking. Did you know that your master is going to depart you today? They were all making fun of him. But Elisha knew what he was seeking for. He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And so you understand that if we are going to grow in grace, we must be humble enough to bring ourselves to serve the people who are walking in that grace. Because you see what? Everybody you see around you, you know, I think it was last year we had a teaching on how to honor people. Everybody you meet is not ordinary. Praise God. Everybody is carrying something. And you see, it takes for you to serve that grace to release that blessing upon your life. This is why you must not joke with the elderly people. Because in our generation, we are so quick to disrespect. Because, oh, perhaps technology has advanced my exposure. And so for that reason, I know better than you do. You may know in the physical. But there are certain protocols that God cannot break. Praise God. That's why Isaac said, make me a venison. And then I will do what? Proclaim a blessing upon you. Be mindful how you treat elderly people. Particularly even our parents. Because you see, if you are going to grow in grace, many times we judge people's destiny based on what we can see on the outside. Praise God. And so for that reason, if he doesn't have any money, no house or whatever it is, it's of no use to me. But you see, you'll be naive. To believe that is all there is to that person. Because even the Bible said that for some not know have done what? Entertained angels. Praise the name of the Lord. And so in conclusion, we must understand that we are debtors to the grace of God. This is why you cannot joke with your life. You, can, you must place a premium on your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 1 to 2, the Passion Translation. Paul was saying that since we are God's co-workers, we beg you not to take God's marvelous grace for granted, allowing it not to have no effect on your lives. For he says, I listened to you at the time of my favor, and the day when you needed salvation, I came to your aid. And so can't you see, now is the time to respond to his favor? Now is the day of salvation. I'm saying this because you cannot afford to live your life in a casual manner. It's an abuse on the grace of God. Because you don't understand the price that was paid upon your head. You know, I remember a time when I was in uni then, you know, there was a story going making the rounds that this guy, an international student from Nigeria, for the sake of time, I'll just be quick. And you know, the parents had been sending him school fees every year, every year. And in the third year, the dad came to Swansea. At least by now, you should be looking to graduate. Only for the parents to hear that this boy never attended class. So the question is, all the money I've been sending, what have you been doing? That's how we live our lives. Do you understand the cost of what it cost the Lord for your salvation? Because you see, the reason why Christ will judge the world is not because it's wicked it's a case of i gave my greatest price and yet you stampled upon it praise the name of the lord 
I paid the price for your salvation, and yet you spat on my face. This is why everybody must hear the gospel. That's when Christ will come. The Bible makes us understand fully well that the when the world will end is when everybody has heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for that reason, when you're being judged, you'll be asked, did you hear? And the question would be, oh, I did not hear. Perhaps God will play the DVD for you and say, this was the day you heard about Christ and you chose not to believe. And so for that reason, judgment takes place. Praise God. And so in conclusion, you understand that if you and I are going to live a life of greatness, to do the exploits that God demands of you and I, we must be willing to cooperate with the grace of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And what does it mean to cooperate with the grace of God? You must be willing to pay the price. The grace is already available. It's not a case of, I don't think I, I can do it. Yes, you can. Because you see, all you need to do is to start. And you will see how the Lord keeps advancing your cause. And I will end it with statement. It says, the slightest cooperation with God's grace can provoke a massive spiritual change. God is seeking for people to cooperate with his grace. So let us bow our heads even as we be praying. God is seeking for people to cooperate with the grace of God. And therefore, this reason God is asking that indeed you have heard the word that I've spoken to you this morning or this afternoon. Are you willing to cooperate with that grace? Perhaps you're watching us online or perhaps you're here on ground and you're yet to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. This is that time. You know, a man says that it is never too late to do the right thing. So long as there is breath in your lungs, there is the voice for you to speak. It is always the day of salvation. Because the Bible said that for the, for, with the heart, man believes unto salvation. And with the mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. And therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that is here, if it's your desire to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, why don't you say with me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Grant me the privilege to walk in the realities of the new creation. In Jesus' mighty name. Gracious Father in heaven, I just want to say thank you for the privilege to share your word. I ask in the name of Jesus that you preserve this word in the heart of everyone that has heard. Even those that would hear in the coming weeks. But above all, Lord, let this word stand as pillars to guide us into eternity. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.